0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 167, part two of the Quickie Podcast. This is the second part of my interview with Ron Burridge. He is the Senior Director, Head of Design at PepsiCo Beverages North America. If you haven't listened to part one of this interview, head back one episode and check that out. But for those of you who have already listened to part one, let's get to part two. This is where the tough stuff, the challenges, the lessons learned, the wins, the fails. This is story time. Story time with Ron Burridge. So let's get to it. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: So the next few questions I have for you, Ron, take you down part of your career where you have likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging? And how did you get through it?
1: Wow, that's, it's a great question. And I have one answer. Um, you know, I've, I've, absolutely made mistakes in the 27 years that I've been doing this. And, you know, sometimes I've made mistakes where I'm like, oh my God, that's going to get me fired. And they haven't. (laughs) Uh, And then sometimes I've made mistakes where it's like, oh, that was stupid. And I've learned from them. I've absolutely have learned from all of them. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest one for me, um, I was the head of design for for the Hershey company. Amazing part of of my career journey. Um, I, I couldn't ask for You know, better brands to work on, better opportunities to really turn a brand into a full holistic experience. Um, But when I got to Hershey, I was asked to work on um, the redesign of the corporate logo, and you know, I I was so excited about the work. It was amazing. Um, I was proud of it. Uh, We actually had coverage in the New York Times, which was great. Um, It was featured on a design blog, Um, and the logo, you know, it's Hershey was a Hershey kiss. And, you know, um, in today's world, uh, you know, a lot of people are seeing a, a little kiss-sized piece of chocolate as something other than a Hershey kiss. Um, it looks like a, an emoji, maybe, that um, <laughs> that a lot of people are using. <laughs> and the first, you know, the first comment that was posted was like, ah, does this guy know he just designed the poop emoji? <laughs> and it was heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. it was heartbreaking because of the process. I had an amazing team of of designers behind me. And more important, I had... The support of, um, you know, I had the support of the entire Hershey Company, which was incredible, um, considering it is such, uh, you know, it's 125 years old. It's it's embedded in the history and 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 the culture and um, and the goodwill of of Milton Hershey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, that was, um, you know, a couple of things came out of that. First is like, wow, you know, from a design point of view we're really horrible to each other as, um, as designers, right. Mm -hmm. We are the first to attack each other. And I think that really kind of sucks. And I, I, I'd be lying if I said I were innocent, right. I see stuff all the time that I'm like, ugh, that's horrible. Um, I typically don't post it, but I'll, I'll think it in my head. Um, and it just really, uh, it opened my eyes to like, this is a very different world. Like the, the redesign of a logo that, you know, typically over time, um, you know, at major corporations, whether it was Disney or, Pepsi or Hershey or Procter and Gamble, like those were projects that you know you'd work on for years. You'd qualify them. You'd go through extensive consumer research to make sure you weren't doing anything to alienate your existing users. You could bring new users in. Um, and it's amazing that it, with technology today in terms of how it does keep us all on and it makes us all close, which is amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um it could also like throw down years of work in literally a single second and a post. Um, so that was like, to me, I don't want to say it was the biggest mistake because I still stand behind the logo and it it's still the logo of the company, um, but it was certainly the biggest uh, learning for me. Um, and it certainly makes me think about everything that we're doing from a design point of view in terms of like, okay, what happens when this gets out in social? Um, you know, what's what's the awesome buzz going to be? And then where are we going to have... Um, Where might we have some hiccups or challenges along the way?
0: Mm -hmm. So just to sort of round that story up, when that goes up and when all of the feedback comes in, not entirely in the way that you were hoping, what are the next steps? Is it a little bit of a rewind? Is it a justification? Or like, what are the next steps that you go through?
1: Yeah, you know, I I have to say what, um, again, I could not have asked for a more supportive culture and organization uh, Mm -hmm. than the Hershey Company when I was there. Because, you know, a lot of companies had had rebranded themselves and the consumer feedback on it, you know, had them pull it back. So if you think of gap rebranding, that was, you know, just disastrous for that company, you know, it's like, okay, here's the new logo. Oh, forget it. You all hate it. We're going to pull it back. Um, I really thought, you know, Hey, there's a really good chance that we're going to kind of, um, we're not going to proceed with this, but you know, I, I had the fortune of, of being with an organization that really believed in the work that we did together um and we moved forward with it so that was one where it was like okay we're gonna we're gonna stand behind this and, and make it happen mm-hmm. um there have been other times right when i've done something where it's like okay we need to course correct right this wasn't um you know i'll i'll, I'll use another example at hershey where you know we we wanted to get something out we wanted to um you know uh, uh meet a specific holiday kind of activation mm-hmm. and the print quality of the package wasn't what I had anticipated or hoped for. We didn't have the time to do, you know, uh, full print trials. We were kind of, you know, moving it through the system really quickly. Um, And ultimately, it was like it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't the experience I wanted consumers to have with with Mm -hmm. the brand. And it was, a course, correct where it's like, OK, well, now we know and we're going to get this right next time we do it. And we did. Um, but that was more of a learning opportunity um, than a, you know, disastrous pull it off the shelves. Definitely. And then, you know, at Disney, um, you know, the and I think it's a little bit different. I haven't been at Disney now. I was just at Disney this weekend, which as a as a guest, a visitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was at Disney, you knew you made a mistake when, you know, the product that you designed and loved, loved, loved more than anything shows up in the discounted cast member store, right in the employee shop where you're like, yep. oh. I I put all my blood, sweat and tears into, you know, XYZ and here it is 75% off. That was, uh, oh, no. that was a clear sign that it was not uh, as successful as, as Disney hoped it would have been. So either. every few
0: weeks, the designers <laughs> just take a quick walk through there hoping not to through see any graveyard. of their products. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> all right. So you gave me a couple of detailed ones already, but I'm going to ask the next question just in case you've got something else to throw down here. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you to take us to a specific designer project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? You might've already hit it with the Hershey logo story. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, I have to say, I think that's, uh, I think that's the one, um, yep. you know, I have to say it, it, not only did I, you know, a lot of things happen, right? I think from a design point of view, um, you know, I think all creatives go through this like feeling this imposter syndrome, totally. um, you know, time. And I think, you know, when that work happened, I I really started to question. Myself, right? It's like, wow, was I really that off the mark? Was it not the right thing to do? Um, how did I miss this, right? I mean, it's like, oh my god, you know, like I'm, I'm clearly not, uh, you know, I'm clearly not as connected with, um, you know, the digital culture consumer as I would like to think I am. Um, why did I not see the poop emoji? Why did I only see a Hershey kiss? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think that was one that just kind of had me questioning. Um a lot of uh, you know, a lot of myself, right, in mm-hmm. terms of um, you know, uh, how connected I really was, how to get better connected. Um mm-hmm. it of course, had me, you know questioning like the um, the humanity of of my my <laughs> fellow designers <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that that really was uh that was a tough one for me, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I think more than anything in my career, that was one where I was like,, oh, I'll say at Pepsi, like i'll I'll do stuff where. I'm thinking, Oh, this is really great. And maybe, um, you know, maybe, uh, I, I don't think it landed as well with consumers as I had hoped it would be, but it's, it's never hit me as hard in the heart as that, as that one project did. Mm -hmm.
0: Got it. Okay. Sorry. I don't mean to make you dwell there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One more
1: laugh now, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) You've been through it. You felt the pain. Um, and I it's wanna... a learning,
1: you know, for for designers on my team now. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think a lot of the pain and I, I actually have to say for, um, you know, so much of my career, it has been it's been like the stories and the learning, like things that people went through. So I didn't have to go through them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I hope that uh, I hope this Hershey story is, is something that maybe one of your listeners hears and thinks, OK, I'm going to. I'm gonna think this one through a little bit more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> they're gonna to start looking at all the logo designs they're working on right now <laughs> and comparing them with emojis, just making sure but there listen, isn't any you crossing. Can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, uh,
1: you can't cancel out your work that way. I mean, I, I do think there is a risk, right? Like if you're looking at everything with such cautious eyes, then you're not going to do anything breakthrough either, right? So you've got to take the risks, you've got to do um, amazing stuff. And you've got to, you know, more than anything, as a designer, trust your gut, trust your heart. Um, But but maybe look at it a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's great. You know, don't don't compare so much that you end up stuck.
1: Right, right.
0: So Ron, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now?
1: You know, I there's so much opportunity um, and, and particularly in the, in the brands that my team support. So we've got Pepsi, we have Mountain Dew, of course, all the variations of diet and zero and all the things that kind of come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have amazing opportunities and activations with things like our sports partnerships and music and activations um, at arenas and stadiums. And, you know, the, the biggest challenge that I have and and you know I I I've, <laughs> I've been talking to my team about this like hey guys you need to call me out on this like I have a really hard time saying no and I think I see these opportunities in front of me and I'm like wow we could really make this better mm-hmm. um, and you know sometimes you just have to say I don't have the bandwidth to do it um you know the way that it should be done or mm-hmm. or maybe maybe it's, maybe that's next year's um, project or the thing that I want to tackle. Because there is so much opportunity. And I think, you know, you really call it out um, in this digital world, like, design went from, you know, a, a bit of a, a a one-way conversation, right? Like a, a company sending something out and saying like, well, here's my diet Pepsi. I hope everybody buys it. And now it's become a dialogue with consumers and, and it's a dialogue where it's not only, okay, well, here's the product. Then the consumer says something back. They want to reply back and then they want to reply to the reply. It's really like always on. And so I think it, um, it's, it's a struggle to, you know, how do you make sure your, um, how do you make sure you're, you're representing the brands in, in the, um, in the best way possible and you're staying relevant and you're on, on top of it with consumers, but also how do you know, like, okay, this is probably something that I need to tackle at another point in time. Um, cause you can't do it all right now.
0: Totally. Nope. Absolutely. Correct.
1: If my team listens to this, they're going to, they're going to record that that like 10 <laughs> seconds and just have it as their ringtone on their phone.
0: <laughs> that, what's that, Ron? Oh, no, can't do it right now. <laughs> Remember, what
1: you said? Remember what you said on the quickie? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, Ron, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. Um, okay. I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Wow.
1: Um, man, I, I have to say like, I'm I'm so fortunate that I've, I've really had an opportunity to work on such awesome stuff. Um, you know i I have to say the the time that I spent um at Disney was really incredible. i I had joined the company as one of the first designers um, on a new park adventure that they were opening in California mm-hmm. called Disney's California Adventure. And, you know, the, the whole premise of that park. And if you've ever been to Disneyland versus Florida, Florida is really, really spread out. Right. I mean, to get to the Magic Kingdom or Epcot or Hollywood Studios, you kind of you have to take transportation from park to park. Mm-hmm. And in California, you're kind of on top of each other. Right. Walt didn't go and buy up as much land um, there as he did in Florida. Um, And so, you know, the whole idea behind California Adventure was creating a very discreet experience for for the guest, right? So California Adventure was something totally different than Disneyland, um, and, and it would play both ways. In fact, when we first started, the characters weren't even showing up in California Adventure. It was something so unique and different. So creating... All of this content that was um, not part of, you know, the Disney uh, library at the time was super, super exciting. So we got to create um, experiences that, you know, guests had never experienced in in Disney, um, in any of the Disney parks before. Um, and it was just a really, really awesome experience. And and we were building um, our story from a creative merchandise um, portfolio point of view, the same time that, you know, the Imagineers were actually developing and working on the park, right? They had just broken ground when we started designing kind of like the first pieces. And so we had just this amazing kind of synergy um, in in ways that, you know, we didn't often get, right? A lot of times, if I would think about feature animation, the film would be done, we would get the style guides, we would start doing work around it. Mm -hmm. Here we actually had a partner together um, to bring the story and experience to life, and it it just really was um, it just was incredible for me. And you know, I use the word ma- magical a lot as I think about Disney. Um, but it really was magical, and it, it definitely was like a tipping point for me in my career, where I went from more um, kind of advertising, communication, design, and really focusing on um, uh, consumer products and consumer experiences. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say that probably was probably was the one. And then at, you know, oh, I have so many at at Hershey. All of the work that we did with the Milton Hershey School and just knowing that, um, you know, a portion of all of the proceeds that the company makes um, goes to the Milton Hershey School, which is just Mm -hmm. an amazing kind of um, uh, amazing uh, educational system. Um, And now at PepsiCo, like the work that we're doing around sustainability, I really think, you know, companies like PepsiCo um, can change consumer perceptions on sustainability, and I think we have a, a responsibility to to kind of change the world. So, um, the stuff that we're doing here um, is is just really great. One of one of the brands that my team works on, Bubbly, has um, you know recently made the announcement that we are one hundred percent plastic free. Sorry, did um, you mean Buble? Oh, Buble, Boublé
0: tricky man, <laughs> tricky
1: man. <laughs> I hope you've all seen the new uh, Boublé bubbly holiday commercials because they're pretty awesome.
0: Oh, I haven't um, seen it yet. I'm, is they <laughs> up on YouTube? I got to look for them.
1: Yeah, definitely check them out. They're awesome. Um but yeah, so I, I think, you know, there's there's been um there've been like I think these big cultural shifts. Like if I think of all the places kind of that I've been, I think, you know, the the focus on sustainability from a consumer point of view, it's it's long overdue, right? And I think, you know, I'm I'm just thrilled to be part of an organization that's really on the um on the forefront of, of kind of that movement. So exciting stuff coming and and really proud to partner. Um, you know, with some other massive CPG companies, because I think together we're gonna we're gonna make this um, even more impactful um, in a good way for for the planet and for people.
0: Very cool. Well said. I love the stuff that PepsiCo is working on, and I can't wait to see what is next. Ron, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. That's where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get okay. the opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. I'm not gonna tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. <laughs> okay cool so okay. my last guest was Tyler Pate he's a freelance graphic designer out of South Carolina he's also the designer for uh, something that you should definitely look into called the creative pain and it's a uh, kind of a fun thing that he's got going there wow
1: okay. so his
0: question is a two-parter first one is how have you managed the pressure of where you are and where you want to be in your career that's part one
1: wow yeah you know i i wish somebody asked me that question uh like twenty years ago right i think um, <laughs> yes. i you know i've I finally feel like i've settled in to into my world um you know more so than i i had been um, anywhere else. I think uh, a big part for me is, okay, how do I do great work where I am right now, at this point in time, with the resources that I have in front of me, mm-hmm. um, and just do, you know, amazing, amazing stuff. I think in the past, it would have, uh, I would have maybe been a little bit more on like, okay, what's the next level? How do I get to the next um, step in my career. And, and, you know, frankly, I think I've, I've left some really amazing, um, places because of that. Right. I think I, I've, I felt like, okay, I'm not moving or growing fast enough. I'm going to, I'm going to proceed and move and grow faster somewhere else. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, I think now in hindsight, it's like, okay, this is, this is really exciting to be able to just take it all in, um, and just really, uh, be, um, thankful, right? For for the place that I'm in right now and the situation that I'm in, um, I get to live in the most amazing city in the world. I'm I'm working with a company that is is known for um, known for their design capabilities and in a CPG space, like that's few and far between. So mm. it's a it's a great spot to be in, right? Um, I I wish old me would have told new me that I would be here today. So I think uh, <laughs> so I don't cool. know. Did that answer the question? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So the second cool. part of it, though is what are some of the ways that you stay focused on that path
1: you know i've um i have really discovered over you know let's call it the past uh four or f- maybe four years or so Um, meditation and yoga. Really? Um, I read, yeah, I read a book by Dan Harris. Um, It's called 10% Happier. And he, um, he was an ABC news anchor. He had like a panic attack on the air and, you know, all of these things that kind of led up to it. And I, as I read the book, I'm like, Oh my God, this is me. Like, I am, I am on the verge of this every day, right? And I won't mm-hmm. tell you where, where, well, you could do the math and figure out where I was at the time, work wise, uh, living wise, et cetera. But I'm like, okay, this is going to be me if I don't do something about it. And his whole thing, um, I think a lot of people have like a stigma for meditation. I think it's so different now than, you know, I, I was doing like Reiki like 12 years ago, which is like no hands on the body, like mm-hmm. energy healing and floating. And, and like my husband was like, oh my God, you're crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> I would like tell him all this stuff um and now it's becoming so mainstream that i've like i've bought um subscriptions to this meditation app for like all my nieces and nephews who are like stressed at work or in their in their home life and, yeah. and it's like just like try it like give it five minutes. There, there are meditations, um, and whether you're using an app, the 10% happier app is amazing. Um, I love it, but apps like calm and, um, uh, there's so many out there Mm -hmm. just try, they, they have one minute meditations, like a breathing meditation where you're just paying attention to your breath. That keeps me focused. Um, I also love, I love yoga. I'm, I, I kind of, um, picked this up about seven years ago, Bikram yoga, hot mm-hmm. um, yoga, and I just find that being in a room for 90 minutes in the heat, without talking, um, I leave, I, it's very similar to theater, I leave, I leave the experience with a a solution to a creative problem or challenge that I might have, um, ready to go. Whereas if I were saying, okay, Hey, I've got this design that I need to do for X. I'm going to start mining Pinterest and I'm going to look at, you know, I'm gonna, you know, start mining the internet or I'm going to, you know, start looking through magazines for swipe. Those are all really great things to do, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's kind of like, um, you know, information overload and you're like paralyzed by too many choices. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, in a yoga room, I will come up with a solution for something and I can't wait to get out of the room to actually go and try it. And I, a designer um, on my team was working on something and I, I literally got out of yoga. I got into the, the locker room and I sent her a text and I'm like, hey, what about this? And it ended up being like a great solution. And I'm like, wow, that came from, you know, that came from no, no searching or scouring the internet, right? I mean, I think your mind, ha- like from a creative point of view, there's so much creative energy Kind of locked underneath all of the stimulus that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every every walk to work, every car drive to work, every you know subway to work. Um, that sometimes quieting my mind, at least, um, has has really been a, a major unlock for me.
0: Uh, that just like reminds me. My wife is avid with meditation. She does yoga regularly, and um, you know she's always encouraging me to do it. And I just have I've I've dabbled in. I've dipped my toe in it. Even like journaling first thing in the morning. And I just haven't committed. So this is sort of reminding me to the benefits of commit to it, get into it, make it part of your routine.
1: You got to do it, Dave. Okay, I'm on it. You got to do it. (laughs) Keep me me
0: accountable, Um, (laughs) Ron.
1: Yeah, give it a try. I will. I'll drop you an email like, hey, how's that uh, meditation going? And you know, what's amazing. You'll find so many people like you'll find this cohort of people that you'll mention, oh, I'm meditating. And it becomes like, oh, so am I what you know, how are you doing it? Are you using an app? Are you are you journaling? Are you? Um, I have a friend, a different form of meditation. She does this thing every Monday on Instagram. She posts, uh, she does uh, mandala Mondays where her meditation is, is like drawing. Um, it, meditation comes in so many shapes and forms. So Mm -hmm. like some people do it with the singing Tibetan bowls and sitting on the pillow, legs crossed, but you know, I, I literally meditate on my walk to work every day. It's, it's awesome. Awesome. Give it a try.
0: (laughs) So Ron, what is your ask it forward question for my next guest?
1: Wow. Um, here, here's one. What would have you done differently to prepare for the quickie podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to start that deep,
1: but I'm I'm interested. Yeah. I got (laughs) to add
0: that in. I got to add that into my questions. (laughs) Awesome. Ron, thank you so much for your time. you reached the end of the podcast. I really appreciate you being here today. Hey Dave. Thanks so much. All right. That is the end of my interview with Ron Burridge from All right. That is the end of my interview with Ron Burridge, who was the Senior Director, Head of Design at PepsiCo Beverages North America. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. Head over to iTunes and please leave a review, leave a rating for the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks again and we'll see you Monday. Bye.